drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you drink. I drink beer when I am sad, cause the beer it makes me glad. Now there's nothing left to say, so let's go drink beer. Beer is good, 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 beer is good. Beer is good. Let's go drink some beer! Yeah, what's up people? I'm telling you right now, I'm still fired up from that Psycho Stick concert. Man, that thing was a blast! It was awesome. It was... Now, nope. I was a little surprised that the that we were in the upstairs of Mr. Smalls. We were up in the fun house, so it was a smaller area. It was a small venue, and, and it, it, but it, that made it nice because... Yeah, because you got to talk to everybody. Right. So, um... And, like, pretty much all of us uh, were smokers. You know, Mike's not a smoker, but I am, so, like, going out to smoke might come up. The yeah. bullshit. I like it. And like, like three quarters of the beer out in the cold air. Right, because um, Mr. Smalls uh, has an atrium, a smoking atrium, which is it's pretty yeah. fantastic. Look, if I if I had a million dollars, that's the kind of building I want to own. Man. Yes, sir. With the inside courtyards, mm-hmm. it would uh, unbelievable. Really cool. Um, you know, Mike. I, I, I love Psycho Stick. I love watching them. They did not disappoint. Do not get me wrong, but I think the biggest yeah, part of the great. evening was Sump. Yeah, the, the big. We didn't know what to expect. They're brand new bands. Like when Saturday night was their second show ever, and Friday night was their first show ever. And let me tell you what this band Sump S U M P P. Holy crap! They were awesome. Yeah, and funny as hell. <laughs> and you know, you know how it is when you're, you know, in that a smaller place like that. He sells, they sell their own merch. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, was it the drummer from? No, no, it was the uh, guitar. One like, of the guitars. One of the guitar guys from Psycho Stick was selling, D was selling the merch, <laughs> and then the lead singer from Sump was selling the merch. So we went over, got a picture with them. He said, you know, they're going to follow us. We're following them now on their socials. Um, cool guy, down to earth. They were in a previous band, but that band's dead now. Which, which, which according to them, is a great thing. Yes, according to them, it's a good thing. They're able to be more creative. Um, great show. Great I do not band. know the previous band, so I cannot comment. No, I don't. I can't either. Um, cool name, Downtown Brown. Georgia Brown. Downtown Georgia. Brown. Downtown Brown. Something. Something. It doesn't matter. You're dead. Um, but that's what? sometimes nice about smaller bands and smaller venues is you get, like, that yes. more individual. Yeah, right. It was cool. Well, and, you know, we, we took the uh, tour poster. We went around to each member's psycho stick and got autographs, right? Well, uh, the guitar, the one guitarist, Matty D, he was the last one to sign because he was also selling the merch, so he had the longest line. Well, you know, he was writing the date, the city, and the time of the show on every poster. But ours is special. Ours is custom. That's right. Ours does not have the time written on it. Instead, Mike, what does it have written in the time slot? Beard. 
That's right. And in fact, on the Facebook post with the picture of us, right before he clicked it, he said, beards out. Yeah. I feel like he was attacking me. No, he was bonding with me. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't an attack on you. Yeah. He doesn't understand that I'm, I'm, uh, beard. Challenge? Beard challenge. <laughs> I'm trying now, Tom. I'm trying. You, I like it. It's, I'm working on it. I figured I'd better start, Raj, I figured I'd better start No Shave November and September, so that way, that way by the end of November, it'll look like I have a beard. Or, or like you're homeless? Not to dig anybody on who... Whoa, are you saying I look homeless, Reg? No, but, uh... Uh, no, but Chelsea. I definitely think that uh, his hair Michael will end up looking a little Albert Einstein-esque. Who? His. His oh. beard on the sides is so blonde that it's... Uh, it's red. It is red. It's uh, it's an interesting look. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. No. So, it, it, it's a now, Mike, are you not shaving? That's the Canadian. <laughs> now, now, Mike, are you not going to shave, like, the rest of your head? Oh, no, that's going to shave, Rod. <laughs> Um, I oh, did now. Okay, well, then you, you probably to... won't look no. like Albert Einstein stuck yeah. his finger in an electrical socket. Um, that's that's fair. So I do have to say, when I worked at the place that shall not be named, I got mad about something. So I went a whole year without cutting my hair or my beard, and by the end, I looked like I looked like the Unabomber. It was it was not a good look. <laughs> I kind of want to see that. Mike, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It was not a good look. Um, the beard, my beard stuck out, like out to the sides, it was down. My hair just like was like a bit. It was like uh, I don't know. It was bad. I'll, I'll find a picture later and show you. Yeah, I kind of want to see uh, that, Mike. So. Before we get into anything else, though, Reg, I got to tell you, you have been proud. I was on fire today playing pool. Oh, he's on not fire. lying. I could have won money somewhere tonight. So, but our drink this evening, now that we've finished all the beer that... I thought I was getting like this amazing deal when I bought it and really just turned out that it was just three less cans because my math wasn't right. Um, we're doing an official unboxing here on the show, right? <laughs> Sitting in front of me is a box of Crown Royal Peach. It's rare. Very, very infrequently do you see it in the wild. <laughs> but we were able to track it down. So I'm opening the box. Oh, it actually has a peach-colored crown bag. Oh, yeah, man. Every crown, they're all different colored bags. The apple's green. I knew that. I don't know what the vanilla one is. We'll have to get one of those next. But it comes in this cute, fancy... Bougie little orange bag. And then you open it up. Speaking of bougie, we are using the uh, Whiskey Stones tonight. Yep, and Tom's Depression-era 
glasses that he found. Man, you gotta love yard sales. I ain't even gonna lie. Every yard sale we go to, I look at the cups. Four here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of room, to be honest. Don't worry, we'll break some soon. I know. We're, he's due, actually. What do you think I'm drinking out of a can right now? Alright, she's opened. Oh boy. Smells like heaven, Tom. Now, people, it is very imperative to know Tom is not a peach guy, but agreed to drink at least one cup tonight for the podcast. So, let me take this sniff here. It's like, it, it's Tom, it's like someone went up to heaven and bottled the scent. Maybe in the peach mangrove, man. Because to me, heaven don't smell like that. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter. You're not going to heaven anyway. <laughs> We've already discussed this. Yeah, right at this point, it's either big, go big or go home. Yeah. That's all right. Reggie's the bus driver. Reggie? Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you. All right, here it is, people. Oh my god, that's nice. delicious. Tap your clinkies, Reggie. Tap, tap your cup Please. on the bar. Salante. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm being boring with my green tea over here. This is good. It's very good. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> so good. Oh uh, well, I got some more Jordan down here. <laughs> if you want that. Oh, you know what? I am just incredibly biased against Peach. That's that right. that that is the thing, and look, I, I'll drink this all day. Yeah, it's very good. Well, if, if I didn't hate Peach, I will say it may be a little bit hyped up. I prefer. I think the apple's better. It's a little too sweet. Yeah. Even without being a peach flavor, it's it's, it's a little too sweet, especially on a tail end. Yeah, I mean, I guess in our defense too, we have been drinking beer. Cheap beer. Cheap beer, yeah. Mind you. Um, hey, I have no complaints. You'll just have to drive home because Chelsea and I are going to have to finish this train. <laughs> so, um, so like every, like, like always, you have an idea, you want to come on the show, you want a sticker, anything like that. You just want to say hi. You want to tell Mike and Tom that they're awesome instead of, you know... Or Reggie or Chelsea? Well, we all, we get... We always hear about get, Reggie. I feel like Reggie, like, bought, like, some spam little robots. And that's all they do is send emails saying how great she is to our webpage. That sounds about right. I'm skeptical that there are even emails. I don't think they even have this email address. Uh, we definitely do. Cause they, Reggie, they do. Reggie oh, said, okay. I responded to one day because she was in the same, she felt the same as you, Chelsea, <laughs> that like we're just like throwing shit out that doesn't really exist. Okay. So I responded at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. That's right. We have a Facebook page, Mike Has a Drink. We also are on TikTok. 
Um, we will put show a video later. The mic has a drink. Christmas tree is now decorated for the best season in the world. Halloween. Halloween. We have now entered my season. Um, so we'll get that up later. We are on TikTok. We're on Instagram too, but I don't remember the password, so we may not really be on Instagram anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, too old to figure out how to reset the password? No, because I don't want to lose Hudson's page. Okay. Because Hudson has almost 4,000 Instagram okay, followers. Okay, that doesn't mean you can't reset the password. Yeah, because then it'll mess the other ones up. Oh, he's crazy. Then you just re-log in. Right? <laughs> like, I, I have multiple Instagram accounts. Okay. So, then, so, when you come visit, you can figure it out for me. I can, I can be the, the IT girl. Yeah. You can wear that hat for once. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what else we got. I mean, Psycho Stick was awesome. It was probably the best 15 bucks. Um, I will say, I will say, Raj, I looked a little out of place there with my can't grow a beard. Is it not because of his age? Because no, no. No, no, no. No, But can't grow a beard and can't grow hair. Everybody else had, had either or, right? They either had big bushy beards or they had hair that hasn't been cut for I don't know how long. Or both. Or as, both. As in the one dude who was about 15 feet away from us. Yeah. Which... Nothing against the dude because he was cool as shit, and you know the few words that we did exchange with each other, he was pretty funny. But he was definitely an old graybeard, yeah, like full graybeard. But anyways, it was pretty cool though because you could see some parents. Some parents had brought their little kids, their younger with kids, the, with the earmuffs on. Yeah, yeah. So passing the love, you know. And man, these kids were just living it up, too. So. Yeah, like I looked at Tom and I thought, I said, ah, oh, damn, we should have brought the IT guy. Yeah, but IT guy ain't sitting on my shoulders. I don't know. No, he's a little too big no, for he's, that. No, he's taller than me now. So. <laughs> well, it, so, like, when we went to, um, when we went to see my cousins in Boston, we went to the Evanescence and Corn concert. Right. And there were a lot of little kids there with their parents, and it was so stinking adorable, like, to see all these, like, little, little metalheads running around. Mm-hmm. But so then, like the mom, the mom and me kicked in, and like I was taking people's phones and be like, "Can I? Like, I'll take your picture," because it's like those are memories that like <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna cherish for a really long time. You know, it, it don't matter what your passion is. If your kids are involved in it and loving it too, then you're doing something right. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. So. All right, well, I guess we should get to the man of the hour. Harrison Frank Marty Cookie Monster Graham. Yeah, so, you know, when we sat down with the, and said we were going to hit some serial killers, 
one of the things that I said to Tom was, you know, I I don't want to necessarily do all like super famous. Let's find a couple unknowns. Um, and this particular guy, if you if you weren't there during his, his time period, you probably have no idea this even happened. What was that? Wait, um, Mike has been there, was actually there during this time. And, uh, you know, you were telling me you remember, I remember that, it, like, everything was, like, locked out. Yeah. Like, everybody was panicked so hard. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, now, I still was pretty young. So, you know, I would have been 11, roughly. I would have been one or two. Yeah. I would have been negative six. Whatever, Chelsea. Not even six. That's, that's, that's when this is the time you decide to chime in on the podcast. <laughs> hey, get up. Uh, Hudson, get up. Uh, so, Harrison Graham was an American serial killer, obviously, who killed seven women in Philadelphia between, and it's actually really late 1986. See, I I, I found a few conflicting reports. One said mid-86 to mid-87. One said late-86 to mid-87. Yeah. It's still short. It was still a very short period. Um. And he he kept the remains of every victim in his apartment. That's kind of disgusting, disturbing, because death you can't hide the smell of death. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I found interesting was he he lived and Tom and I were talking about this when when I was. Actually, went and whooping my ass at for, for like the first time ever. Um, Not ever in he, like a month or two. He lived less than a mile away from another guy named Gary Hendricht, who was doing the same thing pretty much. So, but Harrison Graham, born September 9th, 1959. Which, think about it 999. Yeah. There's a belief that when you see numbers in dreams, numbers are inverted and backwards. Oh, so it'd be 666. So instead of being 666, it's actually 999. Now, that is just, you know. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that was interesting, and then that just clicked with me that, you know. Well, the meaning of 999 is like what, Reg? Like well, I I said the significance of nine 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 is it's considered um, one of the angel numbers. And then so when it, it's for it, fell. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, indicates like major change, like new beginnings, and um, like. M- modifying, like, the direction that your life path is going. Okay. Well, this guy definitely did that. Um, so he was the oldest in the family of 
that I don't know. Five kids. He was the oldest of five. Um, became a parent that he had an intellectual disability and that <coughs> became a problem in school. For both grades and discipline. Yeah. Acting out, failing classes. At one point, his mom says that he spent two years in a children's mental health facility. Which cannot be confirmed. They can't prove it. Right. But back then... It's possible. Yeah. Because it's papers, shit gets shuffled around, stuff Mm -hmm. burns, like... And one hospital nine miles away from the other one has no, no idea what's right. going on in either one. Right, right. And, you know, cause, and back then, I mean, you're talking, this is probably 60s, very early 70s. They really weren't the place to go for treatment. No, they were more like torture chambers. Yeah, we're going to experiment on you and see what happens. So he eventually graduates. No, he doesn't. Well, drops out. Yep. But he becomes a construction worker. And a damn good one. And he develops an excellent reputation. People are paying him top dollars to come in and do work on their house. Lives at home until he's 20. 1979, mm-hmm. he moves to North Philly. It's good to see some things don't change. Because in 1979, North Philly was an area filled with poverty and crime. Is this, uh, in 2022, North Philly is an area filled with poverty and crime. Um, actually, Philly is kind of weird. There's some really bougie parts. Right. Um, where you want a townhouse that's nine feet wide. And four floors high, and it's $900,000, right? But you go a block over, and you can buy a row house for fifty. You know right. what I mean? So there's pockets of wealth, but there are parts of Philadelphia you just don't step for it. You know, um, the area around Temple University. Temple's a fantastic college. You come out of Temple and you cross over to the Badlands, and I couldn't even begin to assume what the number would be of college students with some cash in their pocket crossed over to the Badlands. (coughs) And Disappeared, got mugged, got hooked on drugs. Like, it's just not a great spot. You know, my one, my one friend that I grew up with, his dad used to deliver for Tasty Cake. I don't know if you guys know who Tasty Cake is living out here. (laughs) Reg, you ever hear of Tasty Cakes? Yes, it's delicious. Tasty cakes are pretty fantastic. All right, good. So I actually grew up, well, I didn't grow up, but when my dad moved us out to the country, 
the plant was just down the road. Along with Hearst Potato Chips. Shout out to Hearst Potato Chips. I love those great guys. Uh, if we have time, I'll share my her potato chip story. But he delivered, my buddy's dad was a delivery guy for Tasty Cake. And his area was through the Badlands through Temple. And he has a story where he came out the one day and there were a bunch of people standing out by his truck. And they were like, we want some free Tasty Cakes. And he was like, look, I'd love to give you guys free Tasty Cakes. But I'll get fired. Like, I can't. <clears throat> so they threw bricks through his windshield. And when he jumped out of the truck to go into the store to call for, like, assistance, they emptied his truck. It's the Wild West, man. Right. So anyways, he moves to this area. And and this is really the first time now he's out from his parents. And he gets exposed to alcohol and drugs. And realizes he loves them both. Oh, yeah. He loves how they make him feel. He also starts to hang out with pimps and prostitutes. Yes, sir. You know, and in fact, uh, going to the drug use, in 83, Harrison and a few of his neighbors put up walls with windows in them in, like, a corner of the parking lot. Yeah. And that's where drug transactions and actual doing yeah. of the drugs would take place. Which is crazy. They they built an addition to the apartment complex to peddle drugs. Which then eventually he quit doing that and was selling and right. using and sharing in his own apartment. Yes. So and eventually he turns his apartment into a drug den, man. Yep. Come on in. Yeah, and when they finally get in there, there's mattresses everywhere. Um, But the neighbors, you know, they described him as a nice guy. He was very athletic. He played basketball out in the courts with the neighborhood kids. Great with kids. Like, he had a... The kids loved him. Cookie Monster hand puppet that he would talk to in Cookie Monster's voice to the kids. Yeah. Which he also, yeah. Yeah. Later. We'll get to that later. Um, and they said, like, n- never any, any any signs of violence. Yeah, never any signs of anger or violence. No. So now we get to 1987. Some neighbors complain about a foul odor coming from his apartment. The ninth, the one report I read, it was the ninth time they complained. The landlord finally decided, the landlord to, finally check decided to check it. Yeah. I cannot confirm that, but. That seems about right for that area. Because okay. you know the landlord's not living in that damn building. Yeah, and that was wiki, so. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the landlord attempts to evict him. He slams the door shut. Boards is boards it up. See, had conflicting reports about that too. Okay, one says exactly what you're saying. Boards up the front door, escapes out the fire escape, gets caught later. But a few other ones that I found say that um, the landlord was able to get into the apartment to evict him, and then that's when he nailed the door. 
to his bedroom shut, claiming there were personal uh, effects in there. Well, either one's so, possible. Exactly. So either one, he still nailed the door shut. Yeah. And, and escapes through the fire. Escape. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and he grabs some personal effects, and one of the things he does grab is his cookie monster. Puppet. So the police come. They break in whatever door is nailed shut. They find the naked corpse of a black woman and the partially dressed corpse of another. Drugs and trash. That was about over the floor. Um, they said I saw forty centimeters. Forty centimeters, which roughly translates to I wrote it down. I'm good. I'm glad you looked it up because I don't do centimeters. Oh, uh, it's probably like 10 sixteen. Inches. It was fifteen. No, fifteen point seven eight okay. inches. So roughly sixteen inches of garbage just everywhere. And then dirty mattresses all over the place. Including one with the skeleton on it. <laughs> yep, I was just going to say that. And one had a skeleton on it. A real one? Yeah. Well. I, like an actual body skeleton? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not, not, an, not a living skeleton. Um, I mean, the body was so dis- decomposed that it was just yeah. a skeleton. Yeah. So... Uh, and I'm not really sure how that happened, to be honest, because in that amount of time, in that short right? period of time, you wouldn't think they would be full skeletons. No, and there's multiple ones that they find. So he must have, he must have done something just to, to decompose the bodies. Um, they open or the was that it longer than? It, it could have been, maybe, maybe. Maybe this happened early, right when he moved in, started doing right. this. Um, cause they open up a closet and they find another skeleton wrapped in blankets. Then they go up on the roof. Yeah. They find a green duffel bag with yep. another victim's hand bones, feet bones, yep. and what was it, leg, pelvic? Yeah. Well, basically just crumpled in and shoved in. I'm glad it was a green duffel bag. And they didn't say it was a Philadelphia Eagles duffel bag. It probably was, but it, they just said. I guarantee it was. I guarantee it. Um, and then they go to the basement of this apartment complex. And they find another person. So in total, there were seven. Um, Which did you know? The first time the cops talked to him about it. He said all those bodies were there when he moved yeah. in, but he just left them there because he didn't want to cause trouble. I think you're getting confused with the next guy that I want to talk about. Well, maybe the article I was reading did. Yeah. I'm, I'm quoting an article okay. here. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Why not? That's a good defense. But eventually he admits he strangled all seven of them. During sex. After sharing drugs with them during sex. And then he would finish after they had passed. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he probably, it was probably kind of a, went a back power later, move. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, he definitely, he, in one of his letters to the courts, he definitely admitted to going back 
to in several states yeah. of decomposition. Yeah. But, well, because he was working on a crazy plea to get yes, which eventually they did rule him unfit for the death penalty. Right. But we'll get there. Right. Um, committed his first murder either the mid mid nineteen eighty six or the end of nineteen eighty six. But I'm telling you, I feel like it, with these bodies being as decomposed, it, it had to be before then. It had to have been. <clears throat> I mean, I know, I know it gets hot in Philly well, in the well, summers and stuff. Well, no, because but I that wouldn't, unless he was taking them up and putting them up on the roof, and the birds were eating them, right? But like, because even back then, like they'd be able to detect the presence of lye, yeah, of dissolving bodies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like unless you put them in the bathtub with a bunch of lye. Which they'd still be able to, back then they'd have been yeah. able to find that, right? The, the residue, right? Would have been maggots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when my brother, when my brother passed away, one of the things that we had found, cause he had been, he was a huge fisherman. And he had gone out a week or two prior to passing with my uncle. And he caught a Mako shark out in Jersey. And we're going through all the stuff. And my grandmother says to me, oh, that white cooler's his too. But it was like a styrofoam cooler, you know. And she goes, I don't know what's in there. And I said, okay, whatever, I'll deal with it. I popped the lid, it was full of maggots. And I was like, what the hell is this? My dad's like, stick your hand in there, see what's in there. And I was like, I'm not really sure I'm feeling that. And he was in all like... Fair, in all fairness, I get that. Because that is creepy and yeah. ew. But on the other hand, maggots don't eat live right. flesh. Right, But still. And uh, he goes, well... There's got to be something. He wouldn't keep a cooler of maggots. There's something in there. I said, yeah, you're right. So I reach in, pull out the jaws, completely cleaned, completely cleaned jaws of a shark. So in a week's time or two weeks' time, they removed every bit of flesh that was left on that thing. Um, but not that we're saying kill people and dump them in a cooler of maggots. Kind of like the Beatles taxidermist use. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he said that one of the women was killed solely because she saw another she body. She saw one of his bodies. She went into the bedroom after he told her not to and saw one of the bodies. The um, one report I read, like, it was gamey for her. Like, she's like, oh, you don't want me to look in here? What's in here? And then opens it up and goes, holy shit, and turns around and get showed you that. Yeah. Yep. I told you, should have listened. So the prosecutor wants the death penalty. Gets convicted. And initially, they did give him the death penalty for six of the people. And life in prison for the last. His defense attorney asked for leniency based, based on being insane, but also his intellectual disability. After his arrest, he tested an IQ of under 75. Yes. Now, I don't know if you could throw an IQ test 
Like, I have no idea if, if that's possible. I feel like it'd be awfully hard because it would come up. There'd have to be some, like, I've had some kids at the place that will not be named that have tested that low. And you can, you can tell. Just how, like, when you talk to them, mm-hmm. how they process. Oh, right. Um, so, I, I mean, again, I'm not an expert either, but I feel like it would be the person doing the test would would have some kind of idea that you were not well, being forthright. Well, remember, this was also in what? Um, would have been like 87. Seven. 87, so forensics wasn't all that back in 87. Yeah, but I feel like the mental part was already there. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, we've got the mental institutions. We've got some training that you can, we understand the brain. We may not understand what makes the brain click and you go on killing sprees at this point. Right. But we understand how the brain works. Um, anyway, so eventually he was given granted the leniency. He's still alive, I think. Yep. Still in prison. And after everything was all said and done, the only thing he asked for back of his that was taken, taken by the police was the Cookie Monster hand puppet, but was denied. No, he asked because, quote, I sleep with that. Yes. But he was denied because in one of his previous letters to the authorities, he had stated that he used the Cookie Monster hand puppet to strangle them with. Yes. So he did not get his Cookie Monster back, and uh, apparently, according to the one report I read, to this day is still very sour about that point. Yeah. That's what he wants, man. It brings him comfort. Um, So I will say, Rags, like as I was doing this research, right, um, hold on a minute. Well, while you're pouring now, do you know how he got caught, Mike? No. His mother convinced him to turn himself in. And she lived 10 blocks away from where he did. Oh, wow. So the entire time that the police were looking for him. He was 10 blocks away. He was 10 blocks away at his mom's house. Like, you would have thought that'd be, that's like the first place. Well, I mean, I mean, your mom was going to cover for you. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> not some people's, but. In a neighborhood like that, your mom is covering for you. Hold on, I'm trying to get my phone on. Not so much a neighborhood like it, in, in an economic stature yeah, yeah, such yeah. as that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but hey, you know what it's a great time for, Mike? Let's hear it before I bring up my next thing. Hold on. Tuesdays with Tom. Hey, Mike. 
<coughs> yes, Tom. You know, I, I started a band. You did? Yeah, we're called Paper. Paper? Yeah, we cover rock. Good one, Tom. Good one. I like that one, Tom. Hey, Reggie. Yes, sir. What's the best thing about gardening? Playing with hose. Getting down and dirty with your hose. <laughs> That's scary. That was scary. <laughs> and that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens when you go to school together. <laughs> that I see now in my mind, I was going nowhere near that one. I was thinking it was going like towards weed. Tearing up some weeds. Growing weed. I've got a green thumb for that. I got weeds everywhere around my house. But anyway, hey, they're not weeds. It's a natural. Well, actually, it's a natural bee environment. The one that on the front of my house, I'm growing grapes or something. You should. I don't know what they are. Like some kind of berry. We'll have to see if they're poisonous. If not, they're going in my next beer. Oh, yeah. So. All right. All right. Um, so as I'm doing this research, right, I see. Can I, can I. I'm just saying that we had talked about this yeah. earlier is what I was going to say. Um, one of the things it said, and I said in the very beginning was less than a mile away, there's this other guy doing the same thing, sort of, right? So my curiosity was, oh, I'm clicking on that link. And Mike fell down the rabbit hole. Yes. So we're going to talk about this, dude. Mike pulled a Tom and fell down a rabbit hole of another hot link in an article of a person we were supposed to be researching. Yeah. And hey, these things happen. Yeah. And it's good to know, right? Another reason, this goes down as another reason why nothing good comes from Ohio. Okay? I apologize if you have family in Ohio, Reggie, but facts are... I mean, I do, I, I do but in, in love and affection, Ohio is the armpit of Pennsylvania. That's true. What? So, what? You heard it here, people. That's right, Reggie, dropping knowledge on you people. So... This guy's name is Gary Haydnick. Haydnick, Haydnick, something. Hey, Chelsea's back. Born in East Lake, Ohio, November 22nd, 1943. All right. He eventually gets convicted of kidnapping, torture, and raping of six women that he held captive in a pit in his basement. Like, like an is, open pit, yeah, like like this giant hole. This is like Silence of the Lamb shit. Without Buffalo with the, Bill, without the little basket coming down saying, "Put Take the lotion on his skin, or it gets the hose again." Yeah. So, um, he claims that he was he. His mom and dad get divorced. Lives with his mom for a while. Gets sent to live with his dad. 
claims that his dad emotionally abused him. He hates it. Hates his father. Mm-hmm. Long-term bedwetter. A loner. Said the people in school, he interacted with no one. If anybody tried to talk to him, he would, like, throw a fit. Like, you're beneath me. Don't even, don't even talk to me. Don't address me. That goes back to the, uh, um, what was it? I'm, I'm probably saying the wrong name, but for some reason, McCurdy's Triangle is popping the head. I know Triangle is a part of it. Where for the longest time, it was thought these three aspects were the only ones of serial killers. Mm-hmm. But then in recent years, you know, it officially became real that. Okay. That's, he, well, officially became because it's always been real. That's you, some, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's some knowledge. Drops out of school, joins the army at 17. In the army, he's described basically as the perfect soldier, right? Finishes his basic training and pretty much has his choice of where he's going. Okay. So at this point, he's basically got the world by the balls as a single young gentleman. I mean, he figured he joins at 17, maybe finish, maybe he's 18 when he finishes basic training. Um, gets his GED, but um, whatever he chose, I don't know what he chose, but he ends up in Germany. While he's over there, he starts having some panic attacks, starts having some some mental issues, has a breakdown. They take him into the hospital there, and they determine that... Because, again, this was before PTSD was a quote-unquote real thing. Right. But basically they determined that he mentally is no longer fit to serve. So he gets transferred to a mental hospital in Philadelphia. So that's how he ends up in Philly. What year was that, Mike? Do you have the number? I don't have the numbers. I was just asking if you did. Mm, Would have been like 61 or 62. All right. So he goes there. So he's a little bit hard. He's a little bit older than Harrison. Yeah. Okay, okay. Probably 12 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Gets out. Eventually gets out. Of the mental institute. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? Uh, Mike's nose froze. Yeah. Do better, Microsoft Surface. Do better. Um, if you or anyone you know is affiliated with Microsoft Surface, please don't sue us. Uh, that's fair. Um, all right, we're refreshed. Hold on. He actually gets out and becomes a licensed practical nurse, so an LPA. Too bad our nurse isn't here to tell us exactly what an LPN is allowed to do. Um, but Everything that an RN does, but except for sign papers. Okay. And well, in pretty much every hospital or and or nursing home. But okay. on paper... They're not allowed to do about half the things that an RN does. Yeah. But in practicality, they do. They just can't sign paperwork. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm chewing my peanut. He um, becomes an LPN, gets a job at the 
Veterans Hospital in Coachville, Pennsylvania. Which I'm guessing that's a suburb or it's, close it's, to. It's outside. It's. <clears throat> I mean, if you're in Philly, Philly, it's 45 minutes, but you can catch a train from Philly. So you're down at the ice rink. Yeah, so you can catch a train mm-hmm. and get right off by the hospital. Oh, yeah. So that's probably what he did. Um, eventually, though, he gets fired for poor attendance and being rude to the people, the uh, patients. So now he doesn't have, no, now he kind of just doesn't have any work, man. So in 1971, he starts a church. Oh, boy. The United Church of the Ministers of God. Initially. Which, coincidentally, is who Mike is ordained through. (laughs) That's that's, that's (laughs) not true. But speaking of that, if anybody's getting married, we do have a fantastic package where the Mike has a drink clan will come. Um. Mike will marry you. Tom will be your flower guy That's or right. beer guy, which he, trust me, he Tom has you want to see. Tom has been watching lots of YouTube videos. He is ready to go, um, and we'll do a podcast. And despite Reggie saying no, we will get Reggie there for you for an extra fee. Um. So the United Church of the Ministers of God. First four or five years, Tom, how many members do you think you had? Five. Did I say that already? No, you did not. That was just a random guess. All right. Five members. Okay. Church is not not doing well. He goes into, like, one of the investment firms with 1500 bucks, and that's basically what they've collected over, like, the course of, like, two years. And then something happens, and this church starts booming. So at some point in their investment account, they had almost $2 million. No shit. Right. Marries his first wife. They started out as pen pals. She was from the Philippines. So it's Internet dating without the Internet. Right, basically. Someone sent a picture and kind of, I guess you hope, you hope it's, you hope. Speaking of pictures in the mail. Oh boy. No, have you, did you ever see the Slim Jim commercial with the Amish dude? Uh, No. Okay. So two younger gentlemen break down in their car. Okay. An Amish man comes up. Says, hey, I'll give you, you know, guys a ride to town or whatever. Alright, so they jump in his buggy and they're going down the road. And the one gentleman looks at the Amish man and says, Man, I'm sorry, but what's it like to be Amish? And the Amish man looks at him and goes, Well, it's pretty much the same, except I have to wait for mother, for pictures of your mother through the mail. So that just, you saying that just reminded me of that commercial. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, I know why I wouldn't have seen that commercial, because anytime I see the Amish from living in Lancaster County, I turn it off. 
You know, uh, I don't like the Amish. I, I can kind of say the same thing for living less than ten miles away from the biggest Amish community on this side of the state. Yeah, that's fair. That's our hot take for the week. I cannot. Mike does not like the Amish because in Lancaster County, all they do is destroy the roads. Do the same thing down in Wilmington. And the bastards cheated hockey. They definitely cheated hockey. Um, and they, they really. And if you were part of the Amish community, what in the hell are you listening for? Yeah. Go pray. So. 1976, shit starts falling apart for this dude. Alright. Oh, we're back on topic? Okay. We're back. We're focused. We come around. We hate the Amish now. We're going to skip back to a killer. <laughs> um, 1976, him and his first wife, or maybe his second wife at this point, he's, he was married three times. They're no longer married. In 1976, he gets charged with aggravated assault and carried an illegal pistol or an unregistered gun. Now, was he assaulted against his old lady? Not, not yet. Okay. I jumped the gun there. He had rental properties. One of the tenants wasn't paying. He showed up with his gun. Hello, beautiful. And they get in an Hey, Mike Johnson needs more of that peach whiskey. She's a bad thing. And he ends up shooting the gun at the tenant, and it grazes the guy's face. He gets us in trouble for that. Um, Chelsea, to back up a little bit, this we've we've moved on to like the next guy. Oh, because okay. there isn't a lot of yeah. information on Harrison Grant. Um, what can an LPN do? Oh, callback. I like it. As far as what goes, I don't know, like what's an LPN? An LPN cannot pronounce Zabef. An LPN cannot do IV push medications, but they can do IVs. Okay, so the difference is the IV medicine being just the bag and the push when they use the um, right. so like syringe and push into the line. They can flush okay. normal saline, but they can't flush like a, a prescription drug or something. Okay, like okay. Because <coughs> right. that's what this guy was for a little bit. He was an LPN. Okay. <laughs> but he got fired. And it goes facility to facility. No, no, see, what I said was what on paper, do. a whole bunch, but in practicality, sign papers. And, well, an RN can't do certain assessments, as, or an LPN can't do assessments as well. But I mean, in reality. It, they can't sign papers. <laughs> and it goes facility to facility, okay. it depends. 1978. He signs out a lady named Alberta from a mental hospital. It's the sister of his then-girlfriend. Oh? And he proceeds to imprison her in a storage unit, raped her and sodomized her, and goes to jail for three years. <laughs> okay? How sad is that? And that's, a, that's well, a whole other topic. She doesn't die. And the reason that they know this is because once she got back to the mental institute, she reported it. 1986. Gets charged with spousal rape of Betty Disto. 
who I believe is his second wife, but she's his ex-wife at this point. Maybe his third. Must be his third wife. 1986 to 1987. same. Yeah, she was his ex-wife. Not his wife. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're the wife. No one's no. Right. 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 Precisely. I agree with that 100%. Well, apparently, nothing happened to him because in between 1986 and 1987. Well
Now, the last time Hudson took off, I ended up with a separated shoulder. Yeah, you still had a hold of him. Right. So, I was not... It's like, again, people, in slow motion. Now, Hudson was running, trying to run fast as hell. You know, like the cartoon where, like, the feet are, like, scraping across the floor? That was Hudson on the porch as Mike was falling in slow motion. <laughs> but I didn't let go that time. No, you did not. This time, you were smart there and was you did. no way I was taking a headfirst dive from the sunroom onto the deck. So I let him go. That's a bit of a step on that side. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> takes off. Shaggy jumps in the car. I start trekking through the woods in town. Tom and Chelsea are driving around. Uh, no, you're not yet. Not yet. Okay. After about an hour, I call Tom. Yo, are you in fucking town? Yeah, why? What's up? I need you to drive around and look for Hudson. Okay. So we all drive around and do at least a three-hour search. Kids want to go to the high school football game, so we all come home. I go back out, look for another two hours. This jackass was on a road past the campground in Mercer, probably nine miles from my house. That's crazy. So he probably ran like 13 miles. That's crazy. Yeah, because he wasn't running that in a straight no, line. No, because initially he was towards the racetrack, and then I'm sure in the swamp there he got distracted and was running around. Which, you know, um, we pissed, Chelsea and I did piss quite a few people off on racetrack road looking in that swamp, mm-hmm. looking for him. And honestly, that's what I thought at first was that somebody who had been yeah. camped out at the races because it was a yeah. two-night event. Yeah. That's what like I think. Somebody who was I camped out was like, hey, look at this beautiful dog. Yeah. Look at this million dollar dog. I'm grabbing this fucker. I said, well, we won't say what I said. <laughs> no. Chelsea said they're going to keep him for an hour and then they're going to come home and everything's going to be destroyed and they're going to let him out the door again. Actually, I think my exact words were they're going to say, oh, this cute little puppy, let's take him home. They bring mm-hmm. him home. They get food, water. The fucker eats everything and they're right. like, fuck you. Right, and yeah. that's, how, that's how dogs end up in, like, Illinois. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, this guy... Hi, lady. Speaking of Hudson, where is he? That is a good question. Um, hopefully he's sleeping on the couch or something. Um, yeah, he is. So this guy happens to be driving down the road. Saw me. The one time he's quiet. Yeah, well, when he's quiet, that's usually scary. And he goes, you know, we're driving through this field. There's this black alpaca out in the field. And there's a, you know, normally we're used to seeing this white like, I don't know, some big-ass white dog. We look over, and there's a different dog running around with the alpaca. We slow <laughs> down a little bit. He pops out from the field and is running behind my truck. So I stopped. I picked him up. Apparently, 
there's four different German short hair pointers breeders in this area. Stopped at all of them, and every single one of them says, "Nope, not my dog." But as soon as you find that owner, if you find the owner, please tell him to call me. Um, Hudson is good stock, even if he is an ass. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, he ends up in Valencia. He's a very beautiful dog, aren't you, Hudson? Come here, buddy. And we got him. So, but during that time, Come here, I'm walking up, walking around through the woods looking for Hudson. My phone rings, and Tom goes, "Hey." We think Vibes is like four houses up from you. <laughs> and Mike said back, that traitor. <laughs> so, but the IT guy knows the little girl who lives there, so he's in a chat with her. <laughs> but anyways. So did you know the guy that found Hudson? No. No, okay. No. He just saw it on the book. He saw it, saw it on my missing oh, isn't that crazy? pet alert. Jeez. Cool. And then a couple other people from the town. You don't have the number on his collar? Um, hey, Mike, I would definitely buy Hudson a penguin's collar with your number on it. Yeah, and he'll get lost and no one will know who he is. <laughs> um, so, okay. well, I'm afraid if I put a Philly club, fly, you know, a, a flyer's collar on him, he's going to break into houses and rob people. I mean, he's already got an orange oh. collar. That's why he runs. That could be it. Um, if you're from Philly, please don't. It's all in fun. I love you. Yeah. yeah, don't don't hate us. We just want to talk about your serial killers. So anyway, I just please. just like Claude Giroux, and since he's gone, I'm all right. Wishes. All right, so back to our dude. Our second dude of the evening. Kidnaps several women, keeps them in a pit. He only kills two, though. Yeah, one dies. He grinds her up. In, like, I guess a meat grinder. Sausage grinder. Yeah. Mixes that in with dog food. So he was legitimately standing there cranking as he's feeding the thing into the the machine. Grinds her up. And, it, and mixes her with dog food, and that's what he fed the other girls in the pit. Shut the fuck up. Oh, no. Did he cook it? No. Or they no, no, no. Raw? no, no, no. It was raw. And then he takes her rib section, puts her in the oven, cooks that part, takes her head, and boils it in a pot. Wow. Now... Just thinking about that tells me that that had to have been one of the most horrendous smells ever, right? So the neighbors complain. Yeah. Hey, Mike. What? You thought chicken smelled bad while it was boiling? Yeah, right. That's crazy. The neighbors complain. They call the cops about, like, a foul odor coming from his place. Mm-hmm. They knock on the door, and he says... Oh, yeah, I know. I'm officers. I'm really sorry about that. I was cooking a roast and I fell asleep and it burnt. And they said, Oh, all right, that seems legit. And off they went. Jeez. Now, as a way to torture these girls and to get them to comply with what he wants them to do. 
he would fill the pit up with water up to like you know their chins or whatever and then he would put electrical wires into the wire to shock them That's some, some crazy. He's a sick dude. That's beyond that, yeah. And then another report was that he would duct tape their mouth shut and stick screwdrivers in their ears to pop their eardrums. Oh, my God. Oh! That's terrible. That, honestly, is, like, one of the most brutal... And there's still women alive that endured this? Yes. Only two, two of them died. Oh, God. So the youngest girl try that Mike. That he he, the he I don't like that one catches was named Agnes Adams. March twenty third of nineteen eighty seven, she has convinced him that that's fine, I'm willing to stay here, I'm willing to do with what you want, but can I please get like an hour to go and just tell my parents goodbye? And he was finally breaks down and says, okay. Pulls into a gas station near her house and says, you have an hour. Interesting. That's my least favorite. That's my favorite out of That's pretty good. Try that the white one. freeze from Rex <coughs> is pretty good. Now you're starting the red freeze. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the red freeze is good, too. They're both good. They're all pretty good, in my yeah. opinion. But in my opinion, this white one is, is just, a, just a smidgen past the rest. Yeah. So he pulls into the gas station and says, you got an hour. She jumps out of the car, runs to her boyfriend's house. He says, where the hell have you been? We've been looking for you for like two weeks. And she tells him what happened. So the boyfriend wants to go and fight this guy. And she says, no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, he's sitting in his garage. you came home after two weeks and said that some dude had you in custody and was doing this shit to you, you're damn right. Wait, I'm going to call Mike and go to his house before I call the police. So, I mean, I, I get that. So... She says, no, 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 we don't need to do that right now because there's other people in this house. So they call the cops. The cops pull up to the gas station and arrest them. They search the house. They find the pit. The girls that aren't dead get released. I wonder what made him think that she was going to not call the cops, you know? Yeah, I don't know. He was... It could be a tone to reverse um, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Right. You know, Stockholm Syndrome is where the victim falls in love with the abuser. Right. So you back that the other way, and he fell in love with her and trusts right. her. Yeah. Um, so he gets arrested. His defense. While sitting in his car, like, what? Sitting, sitting at the gas station waiting for her to come back. The cops pull up behind him. They go and they check the house. They find the pit. They find the girls. His defense was, when I bought this house, the girls were already in the pit. Shut up. Well, no, you were outside talking to Maymay, but 
the killing we talked about, that was his defense too, was the dead these dead bodies were here when I moved in. And I didn't report them because I didn't want to get yeah. in trouble. Yeah. So, wow. Obviously, that didn't work for him. Either one. He got sentenced to death. And he was, I, I, I believe this might be the last person ever. Executed in PA? To be executed in Pennsylvania. Wow. Uh, by lethal injection of July 6, 1999. Jeez. He might be, I know we talked about that a long time we ago. Did. What's the reason that it's, uh, because Pennsylvania has become incredibly lenient on the appeal process. Well, I didn't know if it was that or the, the cause of it. I mean, I feel like it, a one-time shot has got to be a lot less than keeping someone in prison for You would think, but that's how he... Well, no, no, no. See, see, Reggie, I figured it out. How you told me that death row costs more than regular inmates... Death row only costs more than regular inmates because of the appeal process. You remove the appeal yes. process, it's cheap as shit. Well. Yeah, they probably add everything. Well, I'm sure. Up I'm sure. But if you take that, whatever that number is, if it's a million dollars. Right. You're right. It he is. was the last person executed yeah. in Pennsylvania. If you take that million dollars and then divide that over 60 years, I don't know. I feel like you do shit like this, you need to go. Yeah, that like sick. there's no you know there's you, not a gray area. Not, yeah, you know, not and, and I piss a lot of people off with this, and this is not the views of Mike has a drink. This is the views of Tom personally. Texas has had a bad reputation lately. But one of the things they have passed that I approve is if more than three separate people see you murder somebody, you lose all rights to appeal. Mm. And I agree with that because if you're willing to kill somebody in the middle of public. Right. If you're on camera doing it. And I and Reg, we may we may have different opinions on this, and that's fine. Like in my because we're case, grown up, and we can have different opinions yeah. and still be friends. Are are we are we going to include cops in this generalization? We will. Yeah, I think you, I I feel. I like, think we should. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like in my brother's case, there were no witnesses, so. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is what it is. Um, and thank I'm just glad they both took life in prison. Now, let me, let I feel me, like let that's me, a lot worse than yes. the way out. Let me ask you, Mike, in your opinion, with your brother's killers, do you think the death penalty would have been too easy for them? Too much up and no, out? No, because I feel like in our system... I would, I'd be dead, and they'd still be filing appeals. So then my kids and my grandkids would have to get drugged into court right. every so often while these guys file appeals. Right. So, I mean, I'm happy with it, how it played out. Now, now I, I log on every six months and track where they're at. They're still in the same ones they originally locked in, right? No. No? 
Last I checked, they were. I'm, no, they, oh, I'm sorry. I did a little research right. on the side. They, they, I, didn't, uh, I don't want to go behind your back. But. That's all right. I mean, the girl can only go in two spots. There's only two women present. Yeah, there's only well, two max yeah. in PA. Um, <coughs> the guy has now made it out to Western PA, but he's down in, like, Greene County. Oh, yeah? Um, so I'm just biding my time. If he keeps coming a little bit closer. Now, that is purely a humorous stipulation for yeah, Mike. Yeah, because I do not work for the prison system. I have no connections to <coughs> the prison system. I've never been in prison. But it may entice me to go. No, Which, I mean... Not true. Well, no, I, I, I mean... I firmly 100% believe, Mike, that if you presented the opportunity... You would actually walk away. I believe that 100% because of the dude you are. So when you talk about this shit, like, I see it as joking. I see it as playing because, like, I know the real you. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah, that's fair. But I will tell you, if whatever you, that's screwed and you can't push it down. Um. I will tell you, if what you said was true and they walk out at 100, when I'm 114. Oh, you know what? If you're 114 and they're 100, it's on. Well, hell yeah. I will take my little gun raffle victory and wait for them in the parking lot. Mike's only legitimate. Yeah, the only thing I've ever won. lover. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I ever won, and I was so excited that I won this gun, and she's my new girlfriend, and then I found out. But every single person that went into the gun shop <laughs> held her. It's like she cheated on me before I even knew her. It's like marrying a stripper, dude. It's a bad I mean, idea. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I figure based on that time, I'm 114. I'm going in the front door of the prison, and I'm walking back out the back door. Well, here's the thing. is um, I've seen this meme a few times online. And it's, I'm not going to say I agree with it, but it's logical to me. And and the meme basically says, you know, every version basically says the same thing, which is be careful messing with old people. Yeah. Because the older we are, the less life in prison means to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's logical because... Yeah. You know, if I'm 80 years old and some dude pisses me off, what's to stop me from, if I'm physically capable of it, right? of... Here's something something really, really dark. What's that, right? Here's here's something really, really dark. So, you know, the United States has a lot of issues, and healthcare being one of them. So I don't think that it's, you know, exactly a good idea to set off a whole bunch of, like, 80 and 90-year-olds who can't afford to be in a nursing home and get sent to, like, the rest of their life in prison well, where they've Reggie, got free medical care. Reggie, here's it. Exactly. You know what? Um, I was a member of the outlaw biker scene for quite a few years. And... In that scene, specifically among the old heads, do you know what the number one saying about jail and prison was? 
It's not like the original. Three hots and a cot and free health insurance. Three hot meals a day, somewhere to sleep at night, and free health insurance. Which, unfortunately, is a lot more than seniors living in public are offered. Right. That just shows how fucked our country is. Our country's been fucked since before we were children, Reg. I mean, yeah. But from a world history perspective... Uh Oh, Hudson just saw something about Chelsea. I gotta go help. (laughs) Oh, fucker, it's my favorite shoe! Oh, no. He dropped it, he dropped it. Moment of silence for Chelsea's shoe. Yeah, rip... Rip, rip Chelsea's shoe. Thanks, baby. No, the other one. Tom is the hero who saves the day. I saved the day. Meanwhile, Hudson's like bouncing up and down. Right? Yeah, what else can I do? Listen, what? Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. It's crazy. Like, so, like, my brother was was very proud. He he went to a school, learned to trade. And made a lot of money. I don't even want to guess what it was. Lived with my grandmother outside of Philly. Mike. Because she's old. Mike, 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 I'm going to cut you off and I'm going to have a suggestion. You told me in the past that you weren't comfortable covering the subject. So if you're going to reveal this stuff, may I request... That it be on an episode about your brother. That's fine. We will, next week we'll do it. Are you 100% sure? Because yeah. if you back out the last minute, brother, I got you. Nah, we're good. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. You guys do your research. But I, I do want to talk about his character real quick. From what I've heard, not only from you, from, from other people who've met him, he was a hell of a dude. Yeah. So, living with my grandmother, and we'll, we'll get into it more down the road, but my my grandfather passed away a long time ago, and my grandmother has a house, still, she's still living there, bless her soul, 99 years old. Hell yeah, that's what's up, Grandma. Refuses to go into a home, um, lives in a house that was built, I don't even know how long ago, but it was built, ironically, by people that had just graduated from where my brother ended up going to school. Um, it has, on the, up, the upstairs has four bedrooms, two bathrooms. Then there's a little in-laws quarter building because my um, grandfather's mother lived in there from, like, Yugoslavia or something. Um, and that, so that's got a bedroom and that's a bathroom. It is what it is. But my brother lived there and paid my grandmother's taxes. So you're talking a suburb of Philly. The taxes. I'm imagining they're not cheap, Mike. If I had to guess, because I'm not privy to that information. If I had to well, guess. Well, I mean, in all fairness, you were a real estate agent in well, that area. Well, so, yeah, so. 
It's a pretty educated guess. I would say it's probably twelve, between eight and twelve thousand dollars a year. Damn. Um. So my brother paid those for her. What? Well, hold on. Okay, time out. Let, let me just do for our listeners who have no idea. Let me just do a quick comparison. Okay, so if that were to go up on back taxes, it would be for sale for eight to twelve thousand, right? Right. There are places in this area that are on sale for back taxes for five hundred to a right. thousand. My taxes. So like my that's, taxes are fifteen hundred. Right. That's just a great comparison of the two areas. Right. <laughs> What's that? That's funny. Um. Yeah. So like my parents now where where my sister and my parents live. The taxes, my parents have like a 5,200 square foot house out in the country. The taxes are 1,200 bucks. My sister lives in a county that touches Philadelphia and her house is beautiful. And I want to say, I, I don't, I'm not even going to guess. I don't want to put their shit out there because the, my brother-in-law punched me in the nose. <laughs> but anyway, so he lived there and paid her taxes. Um, after he passed away, one of the stories that we found out was he he always wanted a Harley. <laughs> and uh, so he went out and he bought a Harley. <coughs> uh, brand new, off the lot from the Harley dealer out there outside of Philly in, near Westchester. And after he had it for a couple years, just randomly, I went over to visit him the one day, and the Harley was not sitting in the garage. And I said, where's your Harley? Oh, I sold it. Dude. I wasn't driving it. I sold it. I said, what the hell? Like, dude, it's all you ever wanted, and it's gone, right? But at the same time, as a former, like, 100% rider, If when you feel that you are done, whether it be your personal issues or medical issues like myself, you're sitting there, you're looking at your bike in your garage, and two feelings come over you. One, sadness because you can no longer ride, and it brings you down every time you look at that bike. Are you flipping me off? No. Don't make me come across okay. the bar. So, so we'll say one. It. It won't happen. I can't make it. It's too big of a jump. I'll give you a boost. And, and the second is with at least a lot of the guys that I came up riding with is they want to see other guys riding. Like, and I agree with that. Like, because the more bikers you have on the road, the more people are going to see and notice right. them. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so if you are no longer able to ride due to your own decision or medical decisions like myself, then not only is that staring at that bike making you sad, but you kind of want to pass it on so that somebody else can keep enjoying it, keep moving on. So I just kind of let it ride, right? Well, he passes away, we're at, we're at the... Chelsea, sorry to interrupt, but Chelsea is now playing tug of war with Hudson. Right. And it actually looks like Chelsea is winning. 
That's this husband's really nice. Um, so it turned out that neither of those were the case, though, Tom. <laughs> All right. One of one of the guys he worked with had a child that was born that needed, you told a, med- me this one. needed yes. a medical procedure. That ins- there, he worked with my brother. Their insurance wouldn't cover it. The medical procedure was sixteen thousand dollars. My brother brother sold his Harley for sixteen thousand dollars. Knocked on the person's door and handed them the check for sixteen thousand dollars and said, "Please take care of your kid." That's great. So that that tells you that tells you this character. Like, I really wish I would have met. So, husband just fuck you up, baby? Anyways, look, we're running out of time. Next week, we're going to adjust the schedule, apparently. We'll talk about my brother. Um, I'm not even going to research. I'm just going to let you go and chime in when you need. All right, that's fair. So, um, but that being said, look, if, if you have a chance... To make someone's day. Just be nice. Be kind. A smile. Like, seriously, I cannot harp this enough. A smile in a little wave goes a long way. Can go so far. Not that kind of smile. Um, And if you wave, don't wave like Chelsea. Use all five fingers instead of just the middle one. Just the one. Do not tell people they're number one. Um... And and just so Tom doesn't go on a 42-minute rant. Hey, I have not in so long. Why do you guys keep bringing it up? If you're at the store, listen, no, put listen, your card away, people. Listen, do you know why listen. he hasn't went on a rant lately? Because we shut him off. Because people have been actually putting cards away. No, they have not. No, they have not. Hold on. We've got like six seconds. Reg... Thanks for joining us. We love you people. Hit us on our email, mykidsadrink at gmail.com.